This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Do you wish you could stop the mayhem of work and life and just take a minute? Do you sense you could contribute more if there were a little more room in the day? Does busyness deprive you of and your burnt-out team of the oxygen your talents need to catch fire? Many have felt that way, yet taking a pause has seemed impossible until now. In the book, A Minute to Think, Juliet Funt, a globally recognized warrior in the battle against busyness, provides a powerful guide that will give you the permission, framework, and specific direction you need to do the following. Regain control of your overloaded, caffeinated inbox worshiping workday. Liberate yourself and your teams from burnout and busy work. Reclaim creativity and focus despite the chaos around you. Bring thoughtfulness into designing your next work norms. Tame the beast of email and escape the mire of meetings and find your precious minute to think. Juliet Funt is a renowned keynote speaker and tough love advisor to the Fortune 500 who is regularly featured in top global media outlets, including Forbes and Fast Company. She's a warrior on a mission to decrapify work. And as the founder and CEO of the Juliet Funt Group, she, she helps business leaders and organizations to unleash their full potential by unburdening talent from busy work. Juliet has earned one of the highest ratings in the largest leadership event in the world, and she has worked with brands such as Spotify, National Geographic, Anthem, Vans, Abbott, Costco, Pepsi, Nike, Wells Fargo, Cisco, and ESPN. Happy to have Juliet Funt join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Juliet, welcome to this program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So what do we need reinserted into our lives? What's the missing element? Uh, we'll get there from using a metaphor. So the, the metaphor, you mentioned it very briefly in the introduction. We'll, we'll center on it a little bit more purposefully, and that is that of building a fire. And uh, I'm a New York gal. I didn't learn how to build a fire when I was growing up, but someone taught me along the way. You need the right stuff, the right dry logs, maybe uh, pine cones, fire starter, but there's one critical ingredient that if you skip it, your fire will never, ever ignite, and that ingredient is space, the, the space in between the combustibles to oxygenate that spark. And I deeply believe that human beings are the same and our workflow is the same, that we need that oxygenating space. Everybody wakes up in the morning, we have this little spark wanting to contribute. People pick their outfit, they grab their coffee, they go to work with that beautiful tiny spark, and then it's just extinguished by the way that work goes. And, and this is the paradigm that we want to change. Why does the global workforce have a busyness problem? There is a stew of, of reasons. There's the insatiability of the culture. There's conformity, where we all look around and everybody else is racing around like a chicken with their head cut off and we do the same. There, there's a wonderful sociologist that we interviewed for the book named Juliet B. Shore. She calls it performative busyness. We don't even, there's really no core of it anymore. It's a posture that is in our DNA. We just keep doing it. And, and there really is no they doing it to us most of the time. That pace and that cadence gets really internalized. And we just don't know how to stop. Chatting with Juliet Funt, her book is A Minute to Think, Reclaim Creativity, Conquer Busyness. And do your best work. We've been reading a lot and hearing a lot about this, Juliet. What, 40% of workers globally considering quitting their jobs in this fourth quarter alone? A, a ton of workers have quit their jobs. We're hopefully, hopefully coming out of the pandemic. And a lot of workers uh, will start heading back 
to the office. I mean, what what is what do you think the goals are for these workers as they go back into a an office environment? I think it's really a worrisome scenario. To be honest with you, I talk to leaders all day long, and every day I hear their plans. And I I don't really think that many of them are getting it right because there's this enormous deluge of perks coming, signing bonuses and vacation stipends and special snacks in the break room, and we're just trying to get people to stay using cash and prizes. And what human beings, in my experience, for 20 years really crave is for work itself, the work itself to feel better, to have more ease, humanity, for them to be trusted and have autonomy. And so I'm very concerned that the what leaders are doing to solve for the resignation is not necessarily on track. I have a dream of how it would go for workers, and that is that this epiphany that we're in leads us to something new called row which is a results-only work environment. Results-only means I'm not going to get in your business about where you sit or how long or which days you're an adult, bring me brilliant work. That's called a results-only work environment. And in the best-case scenario, that is where we're heading. In this book, you reveal the performance-enhancing power of the strategic pause. Talk about that a little bit. Well, that's that space brought into a term that people can really begin to adopt. Um, the, the term that we want to learn is called white space. White space is defined as time in the day without a specific assignment. And when you take a strategic pause, you summon it. it it's called white space because in the old days when I'd sit with executives and we were doing coaching, we would open up their paper calendars and we'd look at each day And if there was a lot of white, literal white space on the day, you knew that that day held all sorts of possibilities. And now the converse, we're in our Zoomaholic, um, you know, the Zoomaholic marathon of the last 18 months. The calendar day looks like a paint swatch with just color, 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 color. And, And we have no white space. So we want people to learn to take these pauses, tiny or long, to begin to oxygenate their day. And that's what the book teaches them. Give us a few tips about managing your inbox. Always a struggle for people. Oh, so tough. Can we do one more on the colors for one second? Because I think there's a really good meeting one we should just tag on there. That paint swatch of colors, the solution to that, before we jump to email, is a new rule for people to adopt. Never let the colors touch. Because if you have stripes in the calendar, little stripes of white, They represent the 5, 10, 15 minutes that we need interstitially to refresh and plan. And so that's the solution to the meeting paradigm that I just uh, just discussed with you. And, yeah, email is the other one, the Voldemort of busyness, we call it. It's just can't escape it. So there are a few tips, really easy things for people to try. First of all, interval checking. That means you have to touch email less. And an easy way to do it is to decide when with your intellect, not your instincts. You can check top of every hour, bottom of every hour. I like to check at mealtimes. You can sync up with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But if we have space between touching email, then we can open up places where deeper work can come and things start to calm down just a little bit. Another really, really great tip is called the yellow list. This means you start a document for each person that you talk to frequently. And every single time you're about to send an email or another electronic communication, you just use a tiny filter to check, should this actually be an email? 
so many times it doesn't really need to be in any kind of digital frame, and much better to just jot it down on the yellow list. Then the yellow list lengthens, and I call you and I say, hey, can we have a quick debrief? Boom, 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 boom. We go through everything verbally faster, no CCs, and we reduce that digital traffic enormously. So that's the best team tool to start with is the yellow list. What about after hours and weekends? You hear a lot about that, how a lot of people just keep constantly checking it right up till bedtime, all weekend long. Is there a point they should shut it off? Yes, if they want to turn on the next day with some kind of vigor. This is is the biggest problem of Mm. the pandemic is that work and life have been shuffled like a deck of cards. There There is no separation for people. So we need to make decisions of when we clock out. And I like to imagine that Flintstones dog with the clunk, clunk, punch in, punch out card, a really definitive moment when work is over. So a really wonderful, supportive way that you can do that, especially if you work from home, which is so hard to ever turn off, is to trap yourself in a promise. And what that means is when you've decided, gosh, I'm not going to work after eight. I'm not going to work after seven. At that time, you walk into the common area of your home in front of anyone that you live with, and you say, oh, done for the day. Work is over, because now you've outed yourself in this light promise, and they will hold you accountable. It becomes much harder to go for a sip of the laptop. After that, you can do it with a boundary buddy. If you live alone, you can text another person, or you can even just say it out loud for your own ears to hear that boundary. Work is over. Juliet Funt, this is a terrific book. It's called A Minute to Think. And uh, Juliet, you do have a website, too. It's julietfunt.com. You do personal training sessions, right, as well as corporate. We, we do. I have all sorts of different training programs. Um, when you said personal training, it sounded like I was in, in the gym. I <laughs> wish I did personal training. Well, it's, it's a bit uh, like we that. Have many <laughs> <laughs> training and consulting and all sorts of good ways. But honestly, the best way is to just get a couple books and start talking to each other about these concepts. That camaraderie is the way it starts to feel possible. One buddy or a team of eight or a small department, sharing it makes it feel more approachable. Juliet, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. The book, again, is A Minute to Think. The author is Juliet Funt. And that is Speaking of Writers, I'm Steve Richards.